All right, thanks, Scott Channing. Glad you're with us. 34 days, and you are the ultimate jury. You get to make the final decision. Debate one now is in the history books, 800-941. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, let me let me first deal with the mob, the media, the Democrats, the, oh, everybody has the vapors. Oh, the, to think of it. Oh, my oh. They, they actually had a real debate and it was quite angry and contentious and it was it was some crosstalk. And, and uh, what do you what do you think happens every two and four years? Everybody, can we just have a reality check here? Because I tell you every two and four years on radio and TV, Democrats, it's the same playbook. Republicans are racist. They are sexist. They are misogynist. They are homophobic, xenophobic. They are Islamophobic. The Republicans, their plan, they want dirty air and dirty water. They want to feed grandma and grandpa in their final days on this earth, dog food and cat food. And when they're in a wheelchair, they're going to have some Republican, prominent Republican lookalike throw granny over a cliff in the wheelchair so she can die. That is that is standard a standard fare from the Democrats. So all of this, oh, a fight broke out and a real debate began to break out where it wasn't just the phony pleasantries. And, well, how did that work out for John McCain and Mitt Romney? Not very well, did it? And by the way, after the first debate in 2016, you got the same reaction from the same mob and the same media. Not any different than it is now. Now, It's okay that now for the last four years, there has been one never ending lie told actually five years from the minute Donald Trump came down that escalator. What has it been? It has been lies. It has been smears. It has been slander. It has been besmirchment. It has been character assassination. All, even even Baron Trump is is fair game in this sick, twisted, ugly world of the Democrats, the mob and the media, the Hollywood left, etc. What 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 is it that when they when they talk about blowing up the White House uh, and severed heads of Donald Trump, what what do, do they do that with dignity? They do it elegantly. They do it gracefully. The Democrats are polite Um, When all they've tried to do is destroy this man with what we now know was a conspiracy theory that was literally manufactured by the Clinton campaign themselves for the very purpose of distracting from Hillary's crime, which is the leading subpoenaed emails and the email server and that the deep state went along with all of it. The entire thing is a lie. It was a lie, and it's taken us four years to get to the truth and unpeel every layer of the onion, and we now know the truth. The mob and the media, they lied, they pushed, they drove, they've called this president every name in the book, and now they're going to lecture us on tone, and they're going to act and feign this, this, oh, the tone, oh, the vapors, oh, I'm going to pass out, oh, I've never heard of such a debate, this is so horrible. And they've been a part of the biggest slander and the biggest conspiracy theory, the biggest attempted coup of a president in the history of this country. And, and they want everybody that likes the president to be polite. We got to be we got to be polite. We can't talk about Hunter, by the way. 
everything the president said about Hunter and the mayor of Moscow, the first lady of Moscow, uh, and the Russian oligarchs and the Ukrainian oligarchs and Kazakh oligarchs and uh, Chinese nationals and Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, Kazakh nationals, and all the bank transfers, it all happened. And what, we're not supposed to talk about it. Apparently, it's, it's too offensive, it's too tough. The attacks on the president's family, the attacks on his supporters, the attacks on his kids. You know, Joe Biden absolutely cannot. I mean, it's like you're watching a confused corpse that has memorized a few lines in the process of all of this. You know, and if you look at the truth and you're willing to see the truth, the reality is this country is split down the middle. This country now is at a tipping point. They, and, the, and the left has been and always is willing and capable of saying and doing whatever they need to say and to do, including lying repeatedly to win political power and to destroy Donald Trump. That has been their goal from day one. And now the question is, how will the American people react now? Would it be better if we could have a debate where one side talks and other side talks? Well, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not. I, I think a lot of it is is phony, you know, contrived, and it's not real. I mean, because the country split on very pivotal, crucial, critical, important issues. Oh, like law and order, and law enforcement, and you know, Joe Biden just sits there like he didn't he, he didn't mean a single thing that he said when he talked about reallocating funds from the police and police become the enemy and Kamala Harris praising defunding the police. And not saying a word about the 3,000 cops that have been, you know, hurt in the process and the nearly 50 dead cops in the country right now. It's about health care. And, yeah, millions lost their doctor's plans and, we're, and their plans. And we're all paying about 200 percent more. Uh, they're not standing up for law and order. They did nothing in Chicago the eight years he was vice president. The ever forgetful Joe, they did nothing when 4,000 homicides happened in that that eight-year period. They barely mentioned it, or the 20,000 other people shot, they barely mentioned it. This is about higher taxes. This is about lower taxes. More bureaucracy, less bureaucracy. You want to double down on Obamacare? It would be an unmitigated disaster. It's about the judges, the judicial activists they would put on the court rather than people that believe in the Constitution. It's about energy independence or energy dependence and this pipe dream that we're going to be all fossil fuels with this artificial deadline because Joe declares it. It's about open borders, amnesty, and this country becoming the United Sanctuary States of America. It's about foreign policy. It's about an appeasement mindset and mentality. You know, it all bubbled over last night. Does it really surprise you? It shouldn't. Because what the left, the way they have acted, the things that they have done, the lies they have told, the conspiracy theories they have spread, the hoaxes they have advanced, have hurt this country. But now all of a sudden you got a candidate saying, I'm not taking your crap anymore and I'm going to fight back. And we're going to go over the record and we'll go over it accurately. Now, if you want to know something that the mob and the media won't do is that is... You know, they'll fact check Donald Trump to death. It was really Tuesday when he said it wasn't Wednesday. He said he said it on Wednesday. Oh, okay. You know, when Trump stated that Hunter Biden got three point five million from the mayor of Moscow or the woman described as the first lady of Moscow, 
Well, when you look, uh, let's see the Senate report released by the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Community uh, Committee noted that zero experience hunters firm did get three and a half million in 2014 from the mayor of Moscow. Her name is Malaya uh, Elena uh, Baterina, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Trump stated that Hunter Biden was discharged from the military uh, for drug use. Well, let's look at the Wall Street Journal. October 16, 2014, Hunter was discharged from the Navy Reserve after he tested positive for cocaine. My son did nothing wrong at Burisma. Okay, George Kent, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, Washington Post, October 18, 2019, he testified that he raised concerns over Hunter Biden's work for Burisma. And we have the interview of Zero Experience Hunter. You know anything about oil? Nope. Gas? Nope. Energy? Nope. Ukraine? Zero. No, none. Why do you think you're being paid millions of dollars? I don't know. Do you think it's because your father's the vice president? Oh, probably. Yeah, that happened, too. You know, now that the revisionism of Biden on the travel ban, I'm sitting there. I'm like, are you kidding? Ten days after first identified case of Corona, Donald Trump put in place the travel ban on February 1st. Biden tweeted, we are in the midst of a crisis with coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia and fear mongering. Whoopsie daisy. And, you know, Trump was right when he stated that Biden opposed the travel ban. And Trump's also right that we can't even begin to calculate how many more Americans would have contracted the virus and then died from the virus. And by the way, on March 12th, Biden tweeted, a wall will not stop coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or other parts of the world will not stop it. The disease could impact every nation. Any person on the planet, we need a plan to combat it. Okay, he's against travel bans until he wasn't on the issue of law enforcement. Yes, he did say police become the enemy in an interview with A.D. Barkin. He said police become the enemy. When asked if he supported redirecting funds from the police, he said, yes, absolutely. Kamala Harris said we need to reimagine public safety. That was said too. the president knew his facts. Fox News even reported the Obama-Biden administration cut funding for cops and programs from $155 billion when they took office to $222 million by 2017. Cato Institute, federal aid for state and local police fell during the Obama-Biden administration. You can't even get a straight answer out of, out of a presidential candidate if he's going to stack the court's Uh, Well, we'll let the people vote, meaning if I win, of course, I'm stacking the courts. Of course, I'll get rid of the uh, legislative filibuster. Let the people decide. How about you tell the people where you stand and then let them decide? I mean, we're talking about endless lies, endless cheap shots. You know, this man digresses and these brain farts are so awkward and so bizarre and so weird uh, that, you, you know, what is going on with this guy? I can't even begin to to figure that out. In terms of the super predator line, yeah, he did say that when he was supporting the crime bill in 1994. And, you know, he actually, Hillary actually used the term as first lady. Biden warned in support of the crime bill it would lead to mass incarceration of African Americans. There were predators on our streets, and it's beyond the pale. As for the Bernie Biden manifesto, Biden claiming last night, I am the Democratic Party. 
Well, Biden signed off on the Democratic platform. That's the one that was proposed by the far left members of the Democratic Party. We can go to the July 30th Wall Street Journal report on the platform and referring to it as a manifesto. And it highlighted every radical left wing idea. And as far as Antifa is concerned and and it's, you know, Biden saying Antifa is an idea. How stupid and out of touch can you be? It's an organization that has stirred up aggressive protests all around the country. And by the way, the president has declared them a terrorist organization. Oh, along with the Ku Klux Klan that the media mob is saying he wouldn't condemn them. He's condemned them more times. We have the tape. I'll play it later. Biden claiming that, you know, Trump cleared peaceful protesters from Lafayette Square. They weren't peaceful. They were trying to burn down and heavily damage St. John's Episcopal Church. In case you forgot that part of it. Uh, Biden claiming the president did nothing to help small business. No, he did because the centerpiece of his covid relief bill was the paycheck protection program. And it's just it's one lie. I have I have pages of lies told by this guy last night. Oh, if I, oh, the vapors. Oh, in the way the Democrats, they they just smear, slander, besmirch, lie, character assassination and and conspiracy theories. They just do it in a more elegant way. Is that what you want to tell me here? It's they're just more el- they're more graceful in their attempts to destroy Donald Trump, because that's all they've done since the man and his wife came down an escalator. That's what's at stake. It's all on the table now. You know, the fact that all of a sudden, uh, yeah, it bubbled over and it came out last night. Uh, it's been happening the whole time. That's just reality. That's just truth. And those that are feigning the vapors and, and moral outrage and, oh, I cannot believe this. Uh, yeah, they're phony, too, because they've been a big part of the problem. Everyone that's feigning that outrage and they're full of crap. They're not real either. They want Trump beaten in the worst way. Every institutional force is against this guy. The only thing that can stop it is you, the American people. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. He draws his inspiration from U.S. soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue. The warriors who never run from a fight, they run to it. And in this fight, to save the soul of our country, it's time to wake the silent majority. Let this moment radicalize you. The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time is upon us. With your help on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again, win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down, and he'll take the lead. This is The Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 34 days, you're the ultimate jury. I mean, of course it would be better if we could have in this country. We all get along. Be great. But, you know, it's um, this fight, this battle, the, the, the character assassination, the conspiracy theories, the hoax, the lies, smears, besmirchments, all of this slander, libel. It's been going on a long time. 
And all of a sudden, what, now we're going to notice it because Donald Trump fought back last night. This is, we're going to act like this is new, like this has never been happening. Let's take a trip down memory lane, see if we can refresh your memory. Is this president trying to impersonate Hugo Chavez, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Vladimir Putin? He said today, America first. It was not just the racial, I mean, the, I shouldn't say racial, the Hitlerian uh, background to it. Just like Kim Jong-un, what does he do? He knocks off all his relatives when he gets scared. When you get scared of your position, you start killing people around you. We don't do that in this country. We fire them. Trump seems to know how to fire. He's not of sound mind. You, there, there, you, you, he, that's somebody that clinically you look at and say, there's something wrong there. Trump needs to be medicated and hospitalized. <laughs> Donald Trump, again, being a schmuck. We can surely say his words have absolutely emboldened white supremacists. He has given oxygen to racists. He is clearly trying to ignite a civil war in this country. There's a sign out there that's been hung up in the White House or outside the White House saying, if you're not white, you're not especially welcome. He's a racist. Donald Trump's war on elements of his own government. Trump's war on absentee ballots. Trump's war on Fauci. President Trump's war on face masks. Trump's war on world order. Donald Trump's war on women. Trump's war on science. Trump's war on children. President Trump's war on the truth. Trump's war on reality. Trump's war on institutions. Trump's war on his own executive branch. Donald Trump's war on the FBI. Donald Trump's war on the FBI. Trump's war on Jeff Sessions. President Trump's war on Obamacare. Donald Trump's war on law enforcement. Trump's war on China. Trump's war on the whistleblower. Trump's war on the Freedom Caucus. President Trump's war on the NFL. Trump's war on Amazon. Trump's war on trade. Donald Trump's war on intel. Trump's war on the intelligence community. Trump's war on intelligence. Donald Trump's war on immigrants. Trump's war on immigrant labor. From President Trump's war on the press. President Trump's unprecedented first year war on the media. Trump's war on the media. War on the media. War on the press. War on the media. Trump's war on the media. Coming up in our next hour, Trump's war on the media continues. Donald Trump's war on justice. Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Donald Trump's war on justice. Trump's war on the justice system. President Trump's war on Christmas. You get where we're going here? I, it is like, oh, well, all of a sudden, you know, a debate broke out last night. I would Listen, my own personal preference is I, I'd la- rather have two gladiators just battle it out, not even have a, a moderator, period, and, and let the best man or woman win, period. It's the, You know, all of a sudden now, and then now the law, he won't condemn white nationalists. No matter how many times we play that, the, these tapes of him doing it repeatedly, it doesn't stop them from lying. There's a lot of lying going on. Joe Biden did a lot of lying last night. Uh, about Hunter's corruption, about his position on the travel ban, about law enforcement, about stacking the court. He can't answer if he's going to stack the Supreme Court. He can't answer if he's going to support ending the 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 you know the filibuster, legislative filibuster. Does he support impeaching the president any day of the week for any reason whatsoever? He lied about the supporting the Bernie Biden manifesto. His comments on Antifa, it's, it's an idea, not an organization. That that's, that's a huge lie. What, he won't condemn Antifa? Why isn't that a big deal today? Maybe Trump's people ought to have T-shirts made up about that today. Uh, Lafayette Square, peaceful protesters, another lie. Small business help during COVID. The president, that was the centerpiece of his paycheck protection program. Fossil fuels, you know, nobody's going to build another coal-fired plant in America. By the way, Pennsylvania, you're listening to this? West Virginia, you're listening? Ohio, you're listening? 
Uh, it appears to be, you know, him saying there's never going to be another oil-fired power plant in America. Okay, on day one, I'll go back to the Paris Accords. Great, where all these developed nations will get uh, a status that the United States won't get and will foot the bill for everything as usual. Uh, the Green New Deal, he says he doesn't support the Green New Deal, but in fact, he does. And he said he knows there's a, a great challenge for the country and the world, and he's going to spend trillions of dollars. And my plan goes even further, he said, talking about it. Biden said he believes the new Green Deal is a crucial framework for meeting climate challenges we face. It powerfully captures two basic troops. He said that. Biden claimed he never called members of the military stupid bastards. We played it last week. He did say it. You know, the one issue of very fine people we just played at going into the break at the half hour. Uh, Trump condemned the neo-Nazis, bad people. He said it just, you know, and it goes on and on and on from there. It just does. You know, the tax foundation stated that Biden's plan would destroy, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of jobs, never mind the loss of energy jobs. Lied about Hunter, zero experience. I mean, it is uh, he's silent on unrest in this country. He is the one thing that happened last night is Donald Trump did an amazing job separating him from the very positions that he had staked out in terms of alliances with the most radical parts of the Democratic Party, meaning Bolshevik Bernie, uh, meaning the likes of AOC and the new Green Deal. Uh, and and all of this now is coming to the fore. What is the fallout? What is the result of this? I've been telling you the whole time. I have no idea. But if you don't want Joe Biden to be president, you better understand that the institutional forces against Donald Trump in terms of the media mob, the 99 percent Democrats, the 99 percent, they are just out there. there. There's no conspiracy theory they won't spread. There's no hoax they won't be a part of. There's nothing that they won't say. And somehow they're just claiming the higher ground uh, that they slander with dignity and they smear people with dignity and their lies are told with dignity and their character assassination is with with dignity. And they do these things with more grace and they're more polite as they tell their lies. Uh, and meanwhile, they spent just four years trying to destroy this man and his family and his supporters and anybody that likes him. And it really did, you know, how well did it serve the ever peaceful Mitt Romney and the ever peaceful and polite John McCain? No, I mean, it would be great if we would be in full agreement. We can't even agree whether or not America is a great country uh, or talk about American greatness or American exceptionalism anymore without being vilified in this country. Yeah, these are these are significant real differences in opinion. Whether or not on health care, real differences, new Green Deal, real differences. You know, this, you know, everything's free. These false promises, health care, uh, expanding either Medicare for all or Obamacare. How did it work out the first time on law and order, on safety and security, on judges, on energy, on open borders, amnesty and and secure borders, foreign policy, you name it. Yeah, it's all bubbling to the surface here. And I'm just telling you, on every single major issue, last night there were a lot of lies told by, by Biden, and we can go through them chapters and ver chapter and verse. In other news today, I've got to get this in because there's so much to get to. Um, James Comey appeared before Lindsey Graham's committee today. And James Comey actually stated 
that knowing what he knew now, just like Rod Rosenstein and just like Sally Yates before him, knowing what he knows now, he would not have signed the FISA applications. Let's play it. Director Comey, I turn to Officer Lee. Knowing then what you know now about all the things that we've come to find, would you have still signed the warrant application against Carter Page in October, January, and April? No, I would want a much more complete understanding of Thank what you. we were. No, I would not have. But then on the other hand, he couldn't remember a thing. I'm, I'm proud of the investigation. It was essential that denied an American their civil rights and constitutional rights and civil liberties. He now can't say if the Steele dossier was central in getting the FISA warrant approved when Sally Yates, his deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe, said otherwise. I, you know, I didn't know Carter Page was a contact, meaning work for the CIA. How did you not know that when they told you that? Says he knew nothing about Kleinsmith doctoring emails. Says he can't answer what effort was made to verify the dossier. Well, that was in the three FISA applications that he signed that he said has been, you know, that that was accurate and true. And that, in fact, you know, these FISA applications, what do we keep saying about the FISA applications? It says verified at the top. Well, he put his signature on something he said is verified. Three times he did this. Anyway, now he can't answer who prepared the applications, can't answer what what efforts were made to verify the dossier, doesn't remember being warned by Bruce Orr or all these other governments not to trust Christopher Steele, can't remember any interviews with the subsource in January 2017 that said it was all bar talk, the Christopher, you know, Steele, the, the, the Steele dossier. Uh, tells uh, Lindsey Graham tells him that the FISA application was criminally inadequate. He doesn't remember getting an inquiry from the intel community about Hillary creating a scandal between Trump and Russia, which we just learned in the last week. You know, Graham is asking uh, Comey if he submitted, you know, this error-prone dossier to the FISA court is a small thing. Well, I don't know. Can't remember whether Hillary Clinton, anything about her in Russia, which seems to be what really happened here. Says he doesn't understand the Ratcliffe letter. What's to understand? It's not that hard. Hillary set the whole thing up, Jim. Mr. Higher Honor. I don't remember any specific discussion with Obama or Biden about Crossfire Hurricane, but you remember every conversation with Donald Trump. I don't believe you, Jim. Obama urged me to do the Flynn case in the normal way and keep him informed. Well, we have evidence to the contrary on that, too. When he's talking to Ted Cruz about the Russia investigation being done in an honest and competent way, uh, we all know at this point that is a lie. And is questioned by Cruz about the lies in the Russia investigation. And Graham lays out the Hunter Biden facts. And by the way, he says the effort to influence officials and all these money transfers. Oh, yeah, I think that might have happened, too. All this came out today. And that's secondary news for everybody else. Um, so he has amnesia in his, his day of, of reckoning. Now, the reason he has to have amnesia, because if he admits to any of the truth, that will mean he's admitting to a crime. So he's just, oh, I don't remember a thing. I just don't recall. I 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 don't recall. Unbelievable. You know, Doug Collins called on FBI Director Ray to resign. It's, you know, the fact that Director Ray has not gotten to the bottom of this is unbelievable. It's unreal. All of this was a lie spread by the loving and ever so, you know, 
uh, outraged news media industrial complex. You know, the ones that have no problem for four or five years now slandering Donald Trump. They all reported lies. They all got it wrong. They all did everything they could do to take out a sitting president, a duly elected president in the process. And you think Donald Trump is a little bit pissed off and feels like he needs to fight and get things done? Look, I, I, I understand that some people don't have an appetite for fighting. And there's certainly it would be great if we all got along. It would be. But I don't see how you're going to get along with people that hate you so much that they will literally create conspiracy theories and conspire to destroy your career and your presidency and put you in jail for the rest of your life and destroy your family with it. I don't get that part. Americans, you know, it's sort of like we, we look at ads. Anytime you ask anybody, well, they don't like negative campaign ads, but people watch them. There's a reason they keep getting made every year. You know, people will say that they don't want a, a, a conflict or a battle during a debate. But, look, you know, let's see when the final numbers came. And we only have the network numbers. We don't have cable numbers yet. But, um, you know, we'll see, what ha- we'll see if the people watch because I think they did. And I think a lot of people see what I see. And that is, is that unlike other past Republicans, Donald Trump is just not going to sit back and take it. But it also means when he fights to get the money for the wall, he'll fight. When they smear Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett, he's going to fight for her, too. When he's when he's battling against uh, countries like China, uh, he'll get better trade deals. Or even if it's Japan or our Western European allies or Canada or Mexico, if they won't give him the money for the wall, he's going to fight to find a way to get the money for the wall. If he can't get rid of bureaucracy uh, with through the legislative branch, he'll do everything he can do with executive orders, which he's done. And he'll keep fighting to keep every promise that he's made. I guess Joe will sit in his office, take his naps and hot cocoa, and Kamala Harris and AOC and Bolshevik Bernie will be telling him what he ought to be doing next for the economy. Because that's pretty much the America that we'll get in 34 days if, in fact, the country foolishly buys into the Joe is a nice guy routine, but there's nothing nice about him. He knows that Donald Trump has condemned the KKK and white nationalists repeatedly, as we just played the tape. But he's out there repeating and regurgitating the lie because he'll say and do anything just as he has for 47 years to get power back. I'm glad you're with us. Just 34 days. You are the ultimate jury. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, You know, I like to say, oh, the vapors. Oh, these guys don't like each other. Oh. They had a fight last night. Oh, a fight broke out at the debate and it got crazy. And, and, and they actually said mean things to each other. Has anybody been watching what's been going on for the last however many years? Republicans are racist. They're sexist. They're misogynist. They're homophobic. They're xenophobic. They're Islamophobic. They want dirty air and water They want grandma and grandpa to eat dog food, cat food before a Donald Trump lookalike throws granny over the cliff in her wheelchair. That happens every election. And then, of course, now we know that it was built on an entire lie and they knew it the whole time that there was no Trump Russia collusion at all. But there was Hillary collusion. You know, it's. You know, oh, the vapors. Oh, I'm so offended. Oh, I can't believe. 
Have you not watched the smearing, the slander, the besmirchment, the libel, the character assassination that has gone on? You know, uh, what we're supposed to do these things elegant, uh, you know, in an elegant way Um, was supposed to be, you know, show grace during our times of vicious attacks uh, while they go for one personal kill shot after another. Uh, there's a certain corrupt dishonesty here. Uh, and, oh, Donald Trump, he just pushed so hard last night. Anyway, let me go to two things, and uh, we'll go to Bill O'Reilly, allthingsbilloreilly.com. One is highlights of the debate. Uh, we'll go through that. And Joe Biden stumbles during the debate and get O'Reilly's take. Making it better for you all at home. Number one. Joe, you agree with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I far did. left, on the manifesto, when we you, call it. Well, manifesto. That gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, are I'm, you I'm saying not going to listen agree? to him. You're the, the worst way, president voice. America has ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe, I've done more in. In 47 months, I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. 20, the 200 million, the 200,000 people that have died on his watch, how many of those have survived? Well, there's 7 million people that contracted COVID. He puts pressure and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying Everybody you can't, or knows, Senator Harris is saying no, you can't trust the scientists. No, well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. He didn't, she didn't say that. You can't she, trust She the, said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will yes. be suppressed. Well, the, that's what he's going to try to do. The way to open businesses is give them the wherewithal to be able to open. We provided money. The Congress but I was asking you, sir, about masks. Well, masks, masks make a big difference. Billionaires have, raised, have made another $300 billion because of his profligate tax uh, uh, proposal, and he only focused on the market. You have 19 company, uh, 91 companies, federal, I mean, in the Fortune 500, who don't pay a single penny in tax. Don't well, do here's it. With you, Go ahead. You the, the, wait a minute. You get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Excuse me. This. Hey, hey this let me person. just say you. Some of the greater moments of last night. All right, simple man, Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. Uh, so I read a lot of your Twitter feed last night. Uh, I wasn't reading it in real time, and then I read your comments uh, that you think this was a draw. Um, it was a shootout at the OK Corral. I think we can agree with that. Yeah, everybody missed. Um, so my criteria for evaluating a debate is different than uh, most. Um, did Joe Biden win any votes last night? Maybe, because he at least got through the 90 minutes, um, but certainly wasn't an impressive individual on any level. And I'll give you a couple of examples in a minute. I don't think Donald Trump got any votes last night. Um, the problem with uh, the president wasn't what he was saying which was largely effective, it was interrupting. And yes, Chris Wallace did not lay out a scenario where uh, Mr. Trump felt comfortable. Let me give you a big example of that. So it drives the president crazy, and you know this, you know him, and I've known him for 30 years. 
is if somebody lies about them, right? I mean, it just drives them nuts. And so Wallace, instead of asking very pointed questions like, uh, Mr. Vice President, you said President Trump was xenophobic and implied he was a racist when he stopped the Chinese flights. Can you explain that to us? That's a simple, direct, important question. Why didn't Chris Wallace answer? Why? So he allows Wallace to, to spit out all his propaganda about COVID and President Trump. Garbage, gobbledygook. And Trump can't, can't lay back. He's got to interrupt because that's Trump. But he hurt himself by doing that. So my analysis is that Chris Wallace's questions were way too long, too windy, not focused enough, and that he abdicated his responsibility as a moderator when he sat there and listened to Joe Biden say, oh, all these things about Hunter Biden are lies. Well, that's not true. And therefore, the moderator has an obligation to go in and say, well, Mr. Vice President, this is what's on the record. Your son made tens of millions of dollars dealing with Ukraine and China and flew to China on Air Force Two with you. And that does not look good. Am I wrong? Those are the kinds of questions that make a debate. Did you hear any of those, Hannity? Did you hear any of those kinds of questions? Mr. O'Reilly, I did not, sir. But, you know, uh, I I have a very different take about debates and the way debates ought to to occur. You know, actually, a real debate emerged last night. And, you know, we have have these artificial boundaries and and so-called rules that we're putting in place that make it a joint press conference bill in all honesty where all right, you get two minutes, you get two minutes, no fact checking, you know, none of that. But then we'll have, you know, we'll have a real debate. And when the real debate happened, um, I, I wished it could have continued. In other words, like, for example, on this radio show and on my TV show, I've had moments and you've had these moments, too, when when you have two guys that are passionate or two people that are passionate about a particular issue and, you know, they start speaking over each other and you try and bring it in, rein it in a few times. What I will usually do at some point is after two, three times of trying to rein it in, I just shut up and let yeah, them go. Let them go. But to me, I learned some things last night and I, I'm glad I'm on your program today. Here's what I learned in as, as oh, an by the way, congrats on uh, killing crazy horse. Another number one bestseller. I meant to tell you that. Thank you, and a lot of it is because you helped out with the book. 250,000 copies sold in three weeks. But I learned stuff um, as an American, and, and here's the most important thing that I learned last night. Joe Biden is not going to stand up to the radical left. Therefore, he is now, in my opinion, a dangerous man. Let me back it up. He was asked point blank, will you stack the Supreme Court? Will you change the judges from nine to whatever? Biden would not answer the question. Now, if I'm the moderator, I stop the debate at that point. I stop it. And I look at the vice president and I say... But everybody's afraid of you, O'Reilly. I mean, let's be honest here. Let let me just say, (laughs) I look at the vice president and I say, this is vital for the American people to know. It is an easy question to answer. Will you stack the Supreme Court if you are elected? Yes or no? That's what you have to do if you are a responsible journalist. 
I don't expect Wallace or anybody else to fact-check stats. That's impossible. But when a guy like Joe Biden, who could be the next president, refuses to answer a vital question about national security, the Supreme Court, when he absolutely refuses to answer, and Trump pointed that out, then you have to stop it. You have to stop the gibberish and look him in the eye and say, I, Chris Wallace, need an answer. Is that unreasonable? I think it's I think we got the the answer, Bill. The answer is obvious. He will stack the Supreme Court. He's well, saying it. He, it basically, the way he answered the question was this way. If you elect me, then I'll assume that's a mandate to do it. Listen, that but you and I, why. you and I both know he doesn't want to say it because that will hurt him in terms of getting votes. So he leaves a slight little opening in the door that, that he not, can. That's not good enough. I agree with people, you. I, I, that, that, this is a fundamental question we need an answer to. I agree. Yeah, but it's dangerous. I mean, I'm trying to be Paul, Rele- Paul Revere here. So there are a lot of people who don't know anything, but they still vote. And, and they're not, they don't understand what stacking the Supreme Court is. They don't understand that every one of our constitutional rights could be in danger if you throw 20 people on there and they're all political. They don't get it. So what's Chris Wallace's responsibility when one of the two major candidates flat out refuses to answer? Wallace should have got mad like I did and pounded that, that dais. Answer the question, sir. But he doesn't. He, it, it, it's, I actually probably I, I might have some disagreement here with you. I would have allowed the I would have allowed that exchange to go on because Donald Trump would have done that had he had the opportunity. But he was stopped. And, yeah, all and right, but, but why would Wallace not do and hold? But I, but I think we, we listen, we need it. We do need an answer to that question. We need an answer if you'll get rid of the legislative filibuster. We need an answer on a lot of questions that Biden didn't want to answer last night. All right, quick break. We'll come back. All things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Dave Bossie, Corey Lewandowski will join us, and Congressman Jim Jordan. All coming up straight ahead. And as we continue with Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. There were a couple of weird things that I saw about Biden. I don't know. Maybe we'll just call them brain farts. I, I don't know what, what, any other way to, to put it, but, you know, Biden just literally just drifts at some points, digresses frequently, and it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you also saw the Biden flashes of anger. Shut up, man. You know, like yeah, that th- that's ridiculous. visceral for him. But Trump was Trump was rough, too. And I don't even care not about either of that. How much time we got? Hey, Bill, one Bill more let me just say one thing. The parties, they don't like each other. Yeah. You all know, right. And let me tell you something. They've tried to destroy Donald Trump every way and sideways for four years. There's no love lost here. I have a real important point. How much time we have? You got to go. Okay. I think President Trump is chasing today. I think he knows he didn't capitalize on his first big opportunity. You'll see that in the polling. Um, I think his demeanor will be different next time. But he's got to zero in on the danger Joe Biden presents and he does present a danger. And I'm sitting here going, I don't want a socialist country. 
I don't want that. I don't care about Joe Biden, but I don't want a socialist country. And he's not going to stand up to Kamala Harris and the other socialists. He's not going to do it. You know, in a, in a weird way, all of that did come through, though. I mean, in a weird way, I not mean, it's the, I, and by the way, and you could gym. see, you know, I, I mean, just the lies, which I, I went over in the last hour that were told last night. And, you know, the he is a he's like the Manchurian candidate for the hard left. And he will do what they say. And he could try all. He, he didn't even acknowledge that he agreed to the Bolshevik Bernie Biden manifesto or the Green New Deal. Um, and all of these. Uh, I am the Democratic Party. What does that mean? I am the Democratic Party. I thought that was the dumbest line of the night. But uh, but President Trump didn't expose the danger. He hammered him and he made him look weak. I, I think that probably was the president's strongest point. He made Biden look weak, but he didn't exploit the danger. See, they try to portray Trump as dangerous. And I'm going, well, you may not like him, but I don't feel any danger from him. But Biden, I mean, you're going to stack the Supreme Court. You, you, you're not going to say a word about violence in the streets. Not one word about it. I mean, that's frightening to me. Crazy times, Bill O'Reilly. All right. Well, it's 34 days and we've got two more of those debates next week. We got the vice presidents uh, debating in what Salt Lake City will be there for that. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Um, Killing Crazy Horse, the latest in his Killing series. The next one that is uh, teed up is called Killing Hannity. And um, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for the debut of that. That's going to be a good book. Yeah, I'm going to do a lot of press on that, Andy. <laughs> all right, simple man. Bill O'Reilly, uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. 800 941 you want to be a part of the program. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Suit up, chin down. Here we go. Um, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting. I always consider these presidential debates joint press conferences. Something happened last night. A real debate broke out. And it shows, if you haven't noticed, we are a very divided country. It is split in two. This is a fight for the soul of America, and it is a fight. It was real, it was raw, and Joe lies through his teeth, and the media mob feigns outrage. They're not outraged. They're outraged. They would be apologizing for their conduct and their lies about the Russia hoax. If they were outraged, they would admit what they have been doing for four years to hurt this country tear down the institution of the presidency and everything else they've done, they, they would apologize for that. What, they do it in a nicer way? They do it, they're a little more covert? They're not even reporting that Hillary Clinton set the whole thing up with Russia now. They're not reporting that Steele's subsource, uh, in terms of the dossier, was a Russian operative. They're not, and, and they knew it from day one. They're not reporting anything as it relates to General Flynn. They don't care, but they're nice. They're nice about it. Those are nice things. The smearing and the slandering that they do every two and four years, they're nice about their slander and character assassination and their smears. They're just nice people when they smear, when they lie, when they slander, when they libel. Uh, is that it? We, we, oh, they just do it more politely? Oh, is that how this works? Anyway, 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, 
one of the biggest revelations you need to take away from last night's debate, and that is that Joe Biden is the Democratic Party. Now, we went through all the varying lies of Joe and, you know, whether it's the Bernie manifesto that he agreed to, the new Green Deal he agreed to, and his plan goes even further, uh, picking Kamala Harris, his position on the police and law and order and everything else in between. Super predators, that's only the tip of the iceberg. Racial jungles, could have brought that up. Mayor of Moscow, Burisma. We got oligarchs in, in Kazakh, in, um, in Ukraine, in Russia, Chinese nationals, Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, Kazakh nationals, all these wire transfers just lied through his teeth. So you got basically a confused corpse out there that is the Democratic establishment. Every institution now is against the president. They wanted to destroy Donald Trump. They are outraged that this became a real, the fight bubbled to the surface last night. Yeah, it did. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the uh, program. Let's go back and listen to Biden talk about he is the Democratic Party, but he's really the, he's really the Manchurian candidate, uh, part of the party that's going to be co-opted by all of the people he's surrounding himself with. I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're careful. Uh, should undocumented immigrants also be able to get subsidized health care? If they are working in the United States of America and they are paying taxes, they should have access to health care. Health care should be a right in America. One of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you've said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party a doesn't say it. Your party wants simple. to go socialist Medicine my party is and me. socialist right now. I am. And the they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Not Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of what I approved of what I approved of. Well, you approved of the new Green Deal. You approved of Kamala Harris. You won't answer questions about stacking the court, changing the legislative filibuster, even ending the Electoral College. You just, you know, out there hiding. Um, anyway, Lee Murphy joins us. He's a congressional candidate in Joe Biden's former home state of Delaware. I guess it's still his home state. Worked for Amtrak for 35 years, started as a track layer. He's retiring as a conductor uh, and locomotive train engineer on on high speed trains between New York City and Washington, D.C. Uh, he got to know Amtrak Joe very well over the years and explains that he's not the everyman. Uh, and explains how he took tons of jobs away from Delaware, and he explains how good old Joe is at it again, reviving his Amtrak days for his presidential tour. And here comes the train that he tried to make sure didn't continue to run. No, that's the commuter. All right. No, that's what... Uh, by the way, after uh, departing Cleveland, Biden's train is scheduled to stop at Alliance, Ohio. Tentative stop there. Biden will make five appearances in Pennsylvania, according to news reports. Um, but anyway, Biden is is no stranger to a rail related campaign train. And uh, Mr. Murphy uh, joins us now. Lee Murphy, how are you, sir? Good, Sean. Good to be with you. I just want to compliment you. 
on your book. It's a great book, and you certainly have the pulse of uh, everyday Americans. Well, thank you. First of all, congratulations on your life and your career and all the years you spent, uh, you know, all aboard Amtrak. And and I'm sure that's uh, that's an incredible accomplishment. All the years you started there and first starting out laying track, which is difficult. And then you end up being a, a locomotive train engineer and a conductor. And, you know, uh, one of the when I used to take the Long Island Railroad, which I did for years, uh, I love when uh, I became friends with a conductor and he'd let me say, uh, Sable's next, Sable's next, next stop, Sable, you know. <laughs> well, you know, Sean, yeah, I, I enjoyed my career on the railroad. I started my career as a school teacher here in Delaware, and uh, I was teaching in a Catholic school. I really couldn't make ends meet, uh, making like $5,000 a year. So uh, I, I loved trains growing up. I got a job on the railroad, and... Uh, yeah, I started my railroad career uh, laying track, and, uh, you know, when Joe was being escorted by staff on and off Amtrak, you know, I was laying the very track his train ran on, and there were a lot of hot days and a lot of cold days out there on that track, and uh, and then I became a conductor later in my career. Okay, and uh, and then on top of that, what, what does a lo- locomotive train engineer do? Do you actually ride the trains or no? Yeah, a locomotive train engineer runs the train, and right. uh, I worked between New York and Washington, D.C., uh, on the high-speed passenger trains. And uh, we, the engineer runs the train. Uh, he's responsible for the, uh, for the train. And uh, we go up to about 135 miles an hour uh, on the northeast corridor between New York and Washington. So how well did you get to know Joe Biden? Well, we go way back. Uh, he was uh, a customer, obviously, and rode the train from Wilmington to uh, Washington, D.C., let me tell you about one thing about Joe Biden. You know, he pretends to be the everyman. Uh, you know, I've known Joe personally uh, for for a long time. He is not uh, the everyman that he uh, says he is. Uh, he is, uh, you know, uh, I'm the blue collar worker. I'm the, the people working on the trains are the blue collar everyday people working for a living. He rode the train, and uh, let me tell you, he, he brags about how many miles he rode the train. Well. Uh, I rode the train uh, twice as many miles as, as Joe Biden rode the train. Uh, you know, I just want to, you know, he, he was friendly, he was congenial, okay? But, Sean, his policies really have decimated, decimated the livelihoods of, of middle-class Americans right here in Delaware. And, and the very people he's trying to identify with, his policies have really, really, really did hurt while he was in the Senate and as vice president, really hurt middle-class America. You know, it's a, it's very telling, I guess, when you get to know people, um, as like you get to know them in real-life situations. You say he was somewhat, con, you know, nice to people, I guess, is a way to put it. But um, were there any particular insights you gleaned, you know, seeing this guy on a regular basis? Well, I think, you know, he, he always put himself a little bit above people. Uh, you know, he always, you know, he wanted to be treated special. Um, you know, uh, the, the taxpayers pay for his rides each and every day to Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, he was a, a pure politician, and uh, uh, he he really milked that for everything uh, it was worth. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what's interesting is for years, thousands of people worked at uh, the GM Boxwood Road plant. Remember that one? 
which turned to rubble sure under do. Biden, right? And all these other places. I, sure I mean, Delaware has been struggling like, you know, kind of like Detroit in many ways. Uh, and that yeah. is that, you know, we uh, I wish the president would have brought up this fact last night. And that is 13 million more Americans. He and Obama put on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. And when he claims that he brought his manufacturing jobs back, that's a lie. He didn't bring anything back. Well, Sean, uh, that's absolutely true. Here in Delaware, we are suffering. Uh, while the president has done a great job bringing jobs back from overseas and really putting our economy back on track, you know, Delaware really languishes uh, in last place uh, economically. You know, we have lost, and this is when Joe Biden was our senator, we, we have lost a GM plant, we've lost a Chrysler plant, and I think you talked about the Fisker deal yesterday on the air. Well, that, that deal in taxpayer, millions of dollars in federal taxpayer money and also state money, 25 to $30 million in incentives were lost in trying to bring Fisker here. I remember when Senator Joe Biden stood in front of the UAW workers at the GM plant and said, your jobs will be here forever when Fisker comes here. He left Delaware high and dry, became vice president, went on to become a millionaire, and uh, really identifies with the elitist here in our country at this point. Well, I appreciate you spending time giving us some insight. Uh, Lee Murphy, and congrats on your retirement. I wish you all the best. I know you have a website uh, at uh, at uh, gomurf.com, I believe it is, right? Gomurf.com. I'm running for Congress. We only have one congressperson in Delaware. We only send right. one to Washington. And uh, it's crucial that we turn the state around and... Uh, Uh, I want to represent the people in Delaware, and we can do this in uh, 2020. Uh, We can win this state, even though it's Joe Biden's home state. We're going to win this congressional seat and send a Republican to Washington. All right. GoMurf.com. Thank you very much, Lee Murphy. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right. As we continue straight to the phones, next week we're headed out to Utah for the vice presidential debate. Jeremy is uh, up next. Jeremy, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Good. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. The honor is all mine. Um, About the debate last night, I I liked how Trump got uh, Biden to get frustrated and denounce Bernie Sanders and everything with the left. I think that Trump just kind of solidified his base. And I think Biden's base is going to turn on him when he denounced everything that they are wanting with uh, BLM and Bernie Sanders. I liked it. I I think you're right. And as I mentioned earlier, I think he solidified his base. And I think that Biden now has to do repair work because he alienated his base and basically was like I wanted wanted no connection to them whatsoever, which we all know is a lie. Um, And I don't think that's going to serve him well, because the the reason he, he partnered with Bolshevik Bernie and Kamala and AOC and everybody else is because he needed to shore up that base when he did it. Now he's got to go back and repair the damage. I agree with that assessment uh we'll see the fallout of all this i i don't know the answer but i will tell you this everything that has been happening now for years bubbled over it's you know it's like you're cooking you're boiling water and it just the pot you know simmered simmered it started boiling and it boiled over but it's all been happening except we just don't like to admit that it's that bad but it's been that bad when you try and destroy a, an entire uh, a presidency and undermine it with lies and character assassination and endless lying. You know what? It's it's bound to end up here. And that that is what made last night raw and real. 
maybe uncomfortable to watch, but it's also there's there's a reality check for everybody because this is what's going on. This is the real Washington sewer and swamp and the battle that Donald Trump has been waging for four years. Anyway, appreciate the call. Thank you, Jeremy. I can't wait for my crown burger next week. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Sean's new book, Live Free or Die, is now available. Feel free to grab your copy in stores and online everywhere. Live Free or Die. All right, glad you're with us. News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 34 days. You are the ultimate jury, the biggest tipping point choice election in our lifetime. Why summer surprise that after four years of never-ending, non-stop character assassination, phony allegations, one witch hunt, one hoax, one conspiracy theory after another, uh, that the tensions that have been going on under the surface bubbled over last night. Oh, we can't. Oh, this, we're shocked. How could you be shocked about this? After all that they've done and put this president through. What do we, we, we want the president to just lay back and be polite about it all? And oh, yeah, I went through all of the Biden lies from last night, which was beyond numerous. And uh, it is, you know, you, you get a Joe Biden that can't even, you know, answer simple questions like, you know, on the courts and whether or not he's for law and order. Let's go to some of the highlights from last night. He did a crime bill, 1994, where you call them super predators, African-Americans, super predators, and they've never forgotten it. So you did that and they call you a super predator. And I'm letting people out of jail now that you have treated the African-American population community. You have treated the black community about as bad as anybody in this country. You did the 1990. And that's why if you look at the polls, I'm doing better than any Republican has done in a long time because they saw what you did. You call them super predators and you've called them worse than that. You can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. We believe in law and order, but you don't. The top 10 cities and just about the top 40 cities are run by Democrats and in many cases, radical left. And they've got you wrapped around their finger, Joe. So my question to you is you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let, vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. unprecedented. Court. We have end, oh, no, no. Give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It would have been if he would have answered the question. Why, why don't you tell people what you're going to do and then let people vote and decide if they agree with you? I mean, that's simple. That's fundamental. That is basic. But the real answer is, yeah, of course, he'll stack the court. He'll pack the court. And, of course, he'll end the legislative filibuster. That's how radical left this this party now that he represents. I am the Democratic Party have now become uh, here to weigh in on the events of last night. Dave Bossie, Corey Lewandowski. Um, and by the way, they have a brand new book out. Both of them, uh, New York Times bestselling authors in their own right. 
and they write from the front lines of of seeing and being involved in the Trump campaign in 2016. Uh, Trump America First uh, basically gives you an insider's look of the administration. And as I've been saying, the real the real happening last night was that a, a real debate broke out. And somehow, I guess some Americans are a little bit surprised that after smearing and lying and slandering and libel and attacks and conspiracy theories and hoaxes and phony charges, oh, all of a sudden we're supposed to be civil in a debate. It's not civil right now. The country is divided. The Democrats see me what what they're they're nice about how they have treated the president in the last four years and his family and what they put the country through. I don't think so. Anyway, Dave Bossy, Corey Lewandowski, thank you both for being with us. Congrats on the new book. It's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Well, thanks for having us, Sean. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. This president's the heavyweight champion of the world, and he came to fight last night for the American people, the people who sent him to Washington to change this broken status quo that we've had to put up with for the last 40 or 50 years. And he, he had enough of Joe Biden, he, you know, and it, 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 it showed because he wasn't going to stand there and let him idly just not answer questions. A question after he couldn't even he couldn't even say that he disagreed with Antifa, that he would condemn Antifa. He couldn't name one police organization that endorsed him. And that's because none have. And dude, what was your take on the whole thing, Corey? Well, look, last night we saw Donald Trump in his fighting form because he wants to fight for the people of this country. He wakes up every day and he says, we're going to put Americans first. And that's a far cry from where Joe Biden and, and, and uh, Barack Obama have been for the eight years preceding this administration. Remember this. Donald Trump is absolutely right. What he's been able to do for the African-American community, either through the First Step Act, the historical colleges, uh, black colleges and universities that he's given more money to, or for uh, allowing economic empowerment zones, has given the black, oper- the black voters an opportunity to actually support somebody who supports them. Joe Biden, we know, has never done that. He has cozied up to those segregationists like James, voice of the white South Eastland, and gave the eulogy at Bobby Byrd's funeral, a known member of the Ku Klux Klan. The media never calls Joe out on it. It's up to the president to do it. Well, I think that's what we saw last night. Now the question is, some people say, well, it's just turning people off. I, I mean, <laughs> if that's the case, how come they haven't been turned off at this point? In other words, well, the media's gotten away with four years of lies and slander and character assassination and conspiracy theories and one hoax after another. Now, all of a sudden, or, you know, look at the treatment of Justice Kavanaugh or or look at now we know the entire Russia collusion lie or the many lies Biden told last night. You know, for, for some reason, when Republicans fight back, I guess I guess part of the establishment Republican base gets uncomfortable because Mitt Romney didn't fight and Mitt Romney lost. John McCain didn't fight and, and John McCain lost. Um, President Trump fought in 2016 and he won. I don't know what's going to happen in 34 days, but we'll see. Dave. Sean, you're exactly right. In in 2016, the people, the day after the first debate against Hillary Clinton at Hofstra, people were saying the same thing. The sky is falling. Donald Trump lost. You know, the main street, the, the establishment Republicans were running for the hills. Guess what? Donald Trump fought every day between then and Election Day, just like he's doing now, and he won. Donald Trump's a winner, and he's going to win on November 3rd because he's putting America first. And this is a this is a campaign about the big issues of the day, Sean. And you know it, and I know it, and Donald Trump knows it. 
And he's going to stay focused on the issues that the American people care about, not these petty grievances that Joe Biden's talking about. Well, and the pandering to his left wing base. For some reason, it's not resonating or connecting with some people just how bad and how awful the the leadership of the Democratic Party has been these last four. You could even say five years from the minute that Donald Trump came down that escalator. You were there that day, Corey Lewandowski. Sean, you're you're exactly right. And for Joe Biden to think that he's a leader of the Democratic Party is just laughable. We know AOC and Rashid Tlaib and Nancy Pelosi and the most extreme members of the party, the ones running that thing. Look, we also know that if Joe Biden were by some miracle of miracle to get elected, he wouldn't be running the White House either. That would be Kamala Harris and, and the far left. And Joe Biden couldn't even disavow the Green New Deal. He says it's his party. It's not his party. Joe Biden is simply a puppet. He's called himself a transformational candidate because he knows that he has no say in what goes on. He's beholden to the far left. He supports their radical agenda. He supports the the defunding of the, the military and the defunding of the police. And if history is an indicator, Sean, he's had 47 years to fix our nation's problems. And there's not one iota of evidence that he has produced any legislation that has made American lives better. I can't think of a single one. All right. So both of you have had unprecedented access to the president. Um, You've been in the Oval Office. You were out on the campaign trail. You've been to the rallies. You've been on Air Force One. Uh, Both of you know the man behind the scene. I've known him over 25 years. Uh, What insights do you give people that don't know him in terms of what motivates him, what drives him, and and what this election means, uh, not just for him, but really for the country. Um, what is at stake here? Corey, we'll start with you. Sean, look, this president, uh, since he was a candidate and before that, wakes up every day and he says, what are we doing to fight for America today? I've known all of his body guys, those guys who stand next to him, Keith Schiller and Jordan Karam and Nick Luna and all the guys that you know, Sean, who see this president in in and out every single day. And they all tell me the same thing. He wakes up, he walks out of his residence, and he says, who are we fighting for today? Donald Trump is going to be perfectly fine. if He ne- He would have been perfectly fine if he never ran for president, and his family would have been perfectly fine. He's doing this for future generations. He is motivated because he knew that he couldn't sit on the sidelines anymore. And look at the historic change he's been able to bring to Washington in the last four years. And think of what he'll be able to accomplish for this great country over the next four years, rebuilding our military, renegotiating bad trade deals, fundamentally transforming the federal judiciary so that judges are no longer legislating from the bench. I've had a privilege to have a front row seat at this. I've traveled with the president. I know it's in his heart. I know it's in his soul. And I know that he's the only person who can guide this country forward for the next four years. Dave? Yeah, and Sean, just to add on to that, that's why our book is called Trump America First, because every decision that he has made during his candidacy and during his presidency is about how he helps American workers, the American military, the American economy. How does he put America first in every single decision, whether that's uh, bringing jobs back from overseas, reinvigorating our manufacturing base, getting our allies in NATO to pay their fair share? He's always, every single day, how do I make America great? How do I put America first? He's like, hey, the American people elected me. We're not going to have any apology tours like Obama Biden did for eight years. We're going to put America first and we're going to make America great. And that's what he was doing long before. And we we saw it with the economy. 
before this China virus hit us. And now we're, that's where the president's getting us back to, and he's doing it very quickly. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, Dave Bossy, Trump America First, as they now embark on a, a book tour around the country. All right, as we continue, Dave Bossy, Corey Lewandowski, their new book is out, Trump America First, uh, as they now embark on their, their own tour across the country. So how do these guys see the race? Compare this to 2016 where we are looking at polls uh you look at polls that says all right the president's down here there and pretty much everywhere where what are you seeing well it's very similar it's eerily similar to 2016 sean and and you pay as close attention to this as anybody the the polling data the main the, the mainstream media they're all against uh, this president, and they were against us in 2016. In this election cycle is very similar. We only need to get, we have a path to 270. That's what we need to do. So we're going to win all the normal Republican states, and we're going to win Florida. We're going to win Georgia and North Carolina and Arizona. All four have been trouble spots over the last four years. The Democrats are making big plays in them. They're, we're going to win there. We're going to win there, and I'm totally confident, confident that the president has those but then it gets to get to how to get to 270. We're going to need either Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Minnesota. One of those four. That's it. That's why the path to 270 is obtainable for us. And if, by the way, the secondary path is if we, if we win, if we don't win any of those four, we can win Nevada and New Hampshire, both of which are on the table, both of which we lost New Hampshire by 2,700 votes and we lost Nevada by 27,000 votes. In 2016, both very close races. The rules have changed in New Hampshire, um, and we've had a lot of dramatic change in Nevada to make it very close. We're going to be on the board there, and I think that the president has a chance to win both of them. So we're going to we could win a bigger electoral college uh, victory than we did in 2016, but it doesn't matter. We just have to get to 270 because that's the goal. Corey. And David is right about that, but let me make this prediction, and I'm going to go out on a limb. Donald Trump is going to win by a bigger electoral margin than he won in 2016. And what nobody remembers is that Donald Trump's 2016 victory was so large that he could have lost the state of Florida and still been elected. This wasn't 528 hanging chads that the Supreme Court had to decide. It was a blowout in 2016 from an electoral college perspective. I'm in Minnesota right now. He's going to be the first Republican presidential candidate since 1972 to carry this state since Richard Nixon's reelection campaign. Not even the great Ronald Reagan carried it in 84. Donald Trump is going to win in my home state in New Hampshire. We are on the offense in the state of Nevada. There is nowhere where Joe Biden is going to win that Hillary Clinton uh, lost last cycle. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, the polls and the media and specifically the New York Times, which I believe is just simply an extension of the Democratic Party, is all telling people that Donald Trump is losing for suppression tactics. But the American people see it. The rallies are back. The people are back. The enthusiasm is, the enthusiasm is back. Look at these boat parades, Sean. Those are organic. Those are thousands of people coming out just to show their support for this president. A big victory coming in just under five weeks. From your lips, we'll see. Anyway, congratulations, <laughs> Trump America First. Dave Bossy, Corey Lewandowski, thank you both for being with us. As always, appreciate your time, and uh, it's going to be an interesting 34 days, I'll say that. All right, suit up, chin down, 34 days. You are the ultimate jury. Uh, because of the debate, we have not had enough time to go over all the crap that happened with Comey. James Comey could not admit a single thing today. 
He's actually claiming he's proud of the Russia investigation. It was essential. You know, can't, couldn't say that Christopher Steele was central in getting the warrant. We already know that's testified to by Andrew McCabe and Sally Yates. No dossier, no warrant. He said he didn't know that Carter Page was a work for our own CIA. How do you not know that? He didn't know anything about Kleinsmith doctoring emails. Can't answer what effort was made to verify the dossier. Okay, without that was the bulk of information to get the FISA application. He signed three of them. Uh, he signed the FISA certification, not the affidavit. He says he can't answer who prepared the FISA application. Doesn't remember being warned by Bruce Orr or Kathleen Kavlak or foreign governments about Steele. He doesn't remember any interviews with the subsource. They happened in January of 2017. He tells uh, Lindsey Graham tells Comey that the FISA application was was criminally inadequate. Comey doesn't remember getting an inquiry from the Intel Committee about Hillary creating a, a scandal between Trump and Russia, which we learned this week. Uh, and then Lindsey Graham asks if he's if if submitting error prone dossier to a FISA court is a small thing. Whoopsie daisy. Comey can't comment on Hillary Clinton in Russia, says he doesn't understand the Ratcliffe letter. He said, I, I, I would not have signed the Carter Page FISA application if I knew them what I now know. I don't remember any specific discussion with Obama or Biden about Crossfire Hurricane denying the, the January 5th meeting in the Oval Office. Said Obama urged me to do the Flynn case in the normal way and keep him informed. Ted Cruz called him out on the Russia investigation and how it was uh, uh, you know, done in, in an incompetent way. Questioned by Cruz about the lies that were told the American people. Comey, Graham lays out the Hunter Biden facts. Let me just start with, you know, he's proud of the investigation. Can't say if the Steele dossier was central in getting the warrants and didn't know the Carter Page worked for the CIA. You signed the application. Whose job is it to make sure the facts are right when you present them to the FISA court? Well, the most basic level, the affiant, whoever is signing the affidavit. Did you sign then- the affidavit? No, I signed a certification, which is required of the FBI director. Okay, does the FBI director have any responsibility to make sure the facts are right when they're given to the court? Not in connection with the certification, but in general, the FBI director is responsible for everything that's being done underneath the FBI director. What we're trying to find is who gave the, who provided the application to the FISA court and why was it so flawed? Can you give me a group of people we can look at to hold accountable for misleading the court? Who would who should we be looking at to understand the process in general? And in this case, you would start with the Horowitz report where he recounts all the many people involved in the review, production and delivery to the court of this application. But you don't know, as the director of the FBI, who actually prepared the application. Is that correct? I do not. Okay. how would you rank? rate the crossfire hurricane investigation in terms of being done thoroughly by the book an investigation the fbi should be proud of i'm not sure i can apply a number scale but i would say in the main it was done by the book it was appropriate and it was essential that it be done okay when did you first learn of the existence of the steel dossier sometime towards the end of september of 2016 Do you agree with Mr. Horowitz that the dossier was central and essential to the Carter Page FISA warrant application being approved? 
I agree that it was important. I can't tell you whether it was essential. And by that, I mean that it wouldn't have been granted without the steel information. Do you now agree that the CIA confirmed that Mr. Page was, in fact, helping them? I know from the Horowitz report that the CIA confirmed he was what they call a contact. So the FBI in August of 2016 had information from the CIA informing the FBI that, in fact, Mr. Page was a resource. Did you not know that? I did not know of his, the nature of his relationship with the CIA. I know, I'm telling you what I read in the Horowitz report. Director Comey, I'll turn it over to Senator Lee. Knowing then what you know now about all the things that we've come to find, would you have still signed the warrant application against Carter Page in October, January, and April? No, I would want a much more complete understanding of what we were. Unbelievable. Jim Jordan, Congressman Ohio. He was at the debate last night, by the way. Sir, uh, your thoughts on this? Well, he he can't admit that he knew anything because if he admits it, he's going to jail. So he's pleading ignorance. Now it's going to be a matter of back-channeling emails and messages and see what he really knew. No, it's kind of like when Adam Schiff during the impeachment hearings uh, said that he didn't know the identity of the whistleblower, even though his staff met with the whistleblower. I mean, no one believes Jim Comey can't remember this thing. He can remember every detail of every conversation he had with the president of the United States, but he can't remember. He can't remember the the, the subsource. He can't remember the steel dossier and and important elements there. And, And to say he's proud of this investigation... I mean, I want you to think about this. Is he proud of the fact between Election Day, November 2016, and Inauguration Day in January 2017, in that short two-and-a-half-month time frame, they unmasked Michael Flynn's name 49 times, 38 separate people did that. They hatched a plan to target Flynn. The, the plan took place in the Oval Office with Biden, with Obama, with Susan Rice, and with Jim Comey in that room talking about how they were going to get Michael Flynn. And we now have that note from Precept, the head of the intelligence at the FBI, where, where he says, what's our goal? To get him to lie, to get him fired so we can, and so we can prosecute him? So is he proud of that, what they did to a three-star general, which we now know was completely bogus, and the agents on the case didn't even want to pursue it, and yet Comey overruled him, and they attached the plan in the Oval Office to take Mike Flynn out. That is, that is how can you be proud of something like that? So it's, it's kind of baloney what we're hearing, and, and I know to your listeners, very frustrating. Uh, I think that either he's uh, a tremendously incompetent or he's just lying. And I know where my heart stands on that. Uh, all right. You were at the debate. You had a great seat. Saw you there before the debate. And uh, your thoughts. What do you think? President won both debates. He won the one with the moderator and the one with Joe Biden. Um, you know, and I think I think it's I think it's important to remember too. You know, some of the things that Joe Biden said. I remember on one hand he's saying he's going to fight for the working people and the working men of this and working women of this country, and then about two seconds later he says he would lock down the entire economy. So you can't help working people and lock down our entire economy uh, again. He wouldn't answer the question. You know, will you pack the court? I mean, how can you not answer that question? Democrats are saying they're threatening the American people. If you don't put 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 uh, us in power, we're gonna we're gonna pay. Or if you if you if they go forward with Coney Barrett, we're gonna pack the court. So uh, I was frustrated by that and a host of things. But I thought the president handled himself well and was uh, was the president. He was aggressive, which I think the American people like. You know, I I I find this interesting. The I, I say like the media mob and Democrats, they have the vapors. Oh. I cannot believe that the president was so aggressive in fighting last night. I'm like, isn't this the same group of people 
that have gone forward and have impeached him over nothing. The same yep. people we now know, the whole Russia collusion hoax, the mob, the media, the Democrats, they all lied on the, uh, the highest levels to destroy him and his family. And we're going to get lectures about the tone and civility well, well, of a uh, debate, considering they've done yeah. nothing but try to destroy this man from day one. Yeah, no, well said. They're, they've been out to get him. And, and what I always like, too, and, and you've pointed out so many times and so well, is in spite of their relentless attacks from the left, from the Democrats, from the mainstream press, and unfortunately from a handful of Republicans, look at what this president's done. Before the virus cut taxes, uh, reduced regulations, the best economy we've ever had, lowest unemployment in 50 years. And then I always talk about keeping his word on foreign policy out of the Iran deal, out of the Paris Climate Accords, put the embassy in Jerusalem, just did the Abraham Accords, got the new NAFTA agreement, brought hostages home from North Korea, is actually building the wall just like he told the American people he was going to do when he ran for the job four years ago. I mean, delivering on things he said he would do, I think deep down Americans appreciate that. And frankly, it takes an aggressive attitude. It takes a competitive attitude to accomplish that when you had the kind of opposition he had to face over the last four years. So, again, we saw that on display last night, that, 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 that competitive attitude. I, I, think it, I think it's wonderful. I think it's exactly what our country needs and has needed over the last four years, and he's delivered for us. Let's talk about Biden not being able to answer a question about stacking the courts or ending the legislative yeah. filibuster. I mean, how's that going to go over with the American people? Yeah, I, I don't think the American people like being threatened. Democrats are basically said, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you do elect us and, and, the, and the Republicans carry through with this great nominee to the Supreme Court, we're going to pack the court. We're going to get rid of the filibuster. They're also saying if, you, if, if Joe Biden, does, when Joe Biden loses, we're going to we're going to have more riots, more protests and, and, and crazy activity in the streets. I don't think that's the way you win an election. I don't think American, the American people appreciate that. And I know what they do appreciate. It's what we just talked about. They appreciate a president who keeps his word, and does what he said he would do. And this president has done it better than anyone I can remember. You know, if you look when you look at the totality of what they the media and the Democrats have put the country through in the last four years, it makes you wonder, you know, what do people expect? Is the president supposed to just lay down and take it or and his supporters yeah. are supposed to just lay down and take it? What the Democrats, you know, it, this is their their strategy every two and four years anyway. But when it comes to Donald Trump, they just ratchet it up on steroids and human growth hormone. Uh, which yeah. is unrelenting lies, smears and attacks and racism and sexism and misogyny and homophobia and xenophobia, Islamophobia. And they want dirty air and water and they wanted to kill grandma and not give her health care and throw her over a cliff in a wheelchair. Um, and, what's and, what's what is yeah. nice, polite and civil about anything the Democrats or the mob and the media have done? Yeah, and not to mention trying to impeach the president moving forward with impeachment proceedings. And just three weeks ago, uh, Nancy Pelosi threatened it again. So I mean, that's at first it was the Trump rush. Then it was impeachment. Prior to that, it was the Cohen hearing they had in the oversight committee. And then it was Jerry Nadler's 80 different letters. He sent out his big fishing expedition trying to get every business record he could get from the Trump family. And on and you got now you got this attorney general in New York going after uh, Eric Trump and the Trump family there. She actively campaigned for the job, saying, if you elect me, I will go after the Trump family. I mean, what, th that is sickening. So, yeah, th it never stops with these folks. And th now we've got a guy who actually will fight back. And, and I've, I've said it so many times. I appreciate it. You appreciate it. 
more importantly, the American people appreciate it. So where do you see this election going? You're from, look, no Republican makes it to the White House without winning your great yeah. state of Ohio, the Buckeye State. What do you see in Ohio? What do you see in Wisconsin? Uh, I know you know Wisconsin really well, and Michigan yeah. and Minnesota and Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was in, I was in Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago, going to be there this weekend. I was in Pennsylvania. Sean Parnell's got a, doing a great job in that Pittsburgh district. I think he's going to win. In Ohio, it's, it's boat parades, it's truck parades, it's, it's Trump flags and Trump banners and American flag. I mean, it feels to me, Sean, just like it did in 2016. And everyone was saying, oh, it's a close race in Ohio, and Ohio is always a key state, and we are. But he won by eight and a half points in 2016. I feel the same thing happening this year. I think he's going to take our state and take it in a big way. And I think he's going to win. I really do. I think in the end, the American people see what he's done. They appreciate that. And they also see that Joe Biden's afraid to answer questions. Uh, I thought maybe the first thing Joe Biden would do last night was actually announce he's running for president. Because, you know, uh, well, his normal day ends at no, 9.30. Usually, I mean, he gets a, no, he, he, he a puts a lid on the day mostly the day. at, at yeah. seven at uh, 9.30 in the morning. I mean, is he going to be a part-time <laughs> president or a full-time president? Yeah, that, that debate, that 90 minutes of debate last night was longer than he's campaigned the whole campaign. So, um yeah, I think the American people know that this president has the energy, the toughness that is needed at this important time and is, uh, like I say, doing what he told the American people he was going to do. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Loaded up tonight, uh, Lindsey Graham took down uh, James Comey today. It's amazing he doesn't remember a thing. Senator Mitch McConnell on the confirmation process for Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, we'll check in with Rudy Giuliani, Larry Elder, Katie Pavlich, Dan Bongino, uh, Geraldo, Greg Jarrett, Aaron Perrine, much more 9 Eastern. We hope you set your DVR. We'll see you tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow with just 33 days until you are the ultimate jury. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight back here tomorrow.